You are listening to the Local Hearted Podcast, episode number 12, with oil painter Dixie Dameron. Welcome to the Local Hearted Podcast. I'm Meredith Adler, and I am your host. Join me as we get to know the people who create the wide variety of art in Asheville and in the mountain counties of Western North Carolina. We'll also talk with some of the people who create opportunities for our local artists and help them shine. Hello, this is Meredith, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Local Hearted Podcast. I do have some show announcements before I introduce this week's guest. Please remember that we are in the year 2016, as are these events. The Francine Delaney Craft Fair will be held on December 10th at Brevard Road. Amanda Hines Stevenson, who was featured in Local Hearted Podcast episode number 10, will be showing her matchbox shrines there. Riverview Station in the River Arts District of Asheville will be holding a holiday market on December 3rd from 4 to 8 p.m. 310 Art is one of the galleries in Riverview Station. Laurel Bacon from Local Hearted Podcast episode number 7 is represented by 310 Art. And Fleeta Monahan, the owner of 310 Art, has been interviewed and will be featured in a future episode of the Local Hearted Podcast. Cyrus Glance has an art show hanging at the Hop on Merriman Avenue through the end of December 2016. Cyrus participates in Free Art Fridays, where he leaves art in um, Ziploc bags throughout downtown Asheville on Fridays. And so for his display at the hop, he is showing his work hanging in Ziploc bags. I attended the opening, and it was really fun to see the display, so hope you can make it to that one. Tim Barnwell, the photographer from Local Hearted Podcast Episode 11, will have a book signing on December 3rd at the Folk Art Center on the Blue Ridge Parkway from 10 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. as part of their holiday craft fair. Later the same afternoon, he will be at the New Morning Gallery in Biltmore Village, Asheville, from 2 to 6 p.m. On Sunday, December 4th, he will be in the Biltmore Village Southern Highland Craft Shop from 1 to 4 p.m., also for a book signing. Okay, on to this week's guest. My guest this week is Dixie Dameron, an oil painter living and working in Marshall, North Carolina. Her pieces are rich with imagery of the natural world, both landscapes and plant forms. Born and raised in Memphis, she moved to Western North Carolina 11 years ago after living in the San Francisco Bay Area of California for 25 years. Dixie familiarized herself with her rural surroundings in WNC by working from life outdoors. Dixie now uses what she learned from her plein air work to create paintings mainly from imagination, 
starting with an idea or plan. But when she abandons her plan, which she inevitably does, watch out. That is when the fun begins. One of my favorite things about this interview is Dixie gives us a real look inside the mind of an artist as she goes about creating her work, what it is like. And it is fascinating to me to hear her talk about her process. On a personal note, I do want to add that Dixie is a very good friend of mine, and it is not in any way an exaggeration to say that the Local Hearted podcast probably would not have happened without her assistance. She has been a solid source of support to me from the beginning, and in fact, it's fair to say that this is actually the first episode of the Local Hearted podcast. This is the first interview I did, and we did it twice. Because in the first one, I was not satisfied with my sound and went back to the drawing board and worked a lot on technical aspects of audio recording and then went back and did it again. In this interview you're about to hear, I actually spliced in a part of the original first interview. I did that because I just thought it was priceless the way Dixie shared about her process It'll be easy to tell. It will sound different, and I think you'll see it is worth adding into this interview. So fair to say, this actually is the very first interview I conducted, and the reason we didn't air this one first is because we have been waiting for Dixie to bring certain paintings to completion, which actually will make more sense to you once you hear the interview. I am very happy to share with you the words of my wise and wonderful friend, Dixie Dameron. Dixie, thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And Dixie and I, when we say here, we're actually in her studio in Marshall, North Carolina, where Dixie paints. And we're going to talk about her process today. So I wanted to start with, you have been an artist for a long time. You've been through many different phases of your art, art making. And I just wanted to ask you, when do you feel like you kind of came into your own? When did Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. when did that start happening for you? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I felt like I was an artist in high school, you know, and uh, certainly, and I majored in painting in college, and um, I went to the University of Mississippi and graduated with a BFA in painting. But it really wasn't until I moved um, to California when I was 24 that I, I really felt like I was on a path or that I really made a conscious direction to... Um, to pursue my art. Oh, I see. Okay, and what was that move about? You know, I always had a, a fascination with the West Coast, and um, a friend of mine moved to California, moved to San Francisco about a year before I did, and um, San Francisco is an art center, and uh, it was time to get out of the South, um, and that was really the motivation, you know, just kind of break out and see what happens. Uh, so I didn't, I already went to school. I did not go to California to, to go to school, but it ended up probably being, uh, the most important part of my art education. 
was actually moving there. Ah. And, uh, and getting no other artists. And, and I did go to school in California, but it wasn't for credit. Um, so. So when you say that being in California was the biggest part of your education, are you talking about, I think you're talking about aside from the classes you went to there. Right. Yeah. I'm just kind of being in, in the mix. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was it like? (laughs) Well, it was fun. It was exciting, you know, and I was young and I was an artist and I was in the San Francisco Bay area and there was a lot going on. Um, so yeah, it was great. And of course I had to work and earn a living and I had all of, all of that going on, but I always did, despite that, I, I always had a studio, I had artwork going on and that has always been a central focus of, of my life. And, um, usually without intentionally trying to make it happen, the people that I met were also artists, but it's kind of birds of a feather, I suppose, you know, birds of a feather. Um, you're going to, you're going to connect with the, the people that you have shared interests. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. Right. So what was your work like at the time? What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was in, influenced as I am now, but, uh, then I was influenced by my surroundings and I was living in a big urban center and, um, I, I think a lot of the work that, that I did shows that. And, um, Northern California tends to be a little more dark, maybe a little more intellectual in focus. Um, and, and, yeah, a little more thought out. Uh, it's hard to explain. But, um, the energy was definitely from an urban, um, the urban culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was in the middle of, and that's the, what my artwork was about. A little bit more abstract, um, mm-hmm. not totally abstract, but leaning toward abstraction. Mm-hmm. And were you selling your work? You mentioned you had to make a living. Mm-hmm. Is that how you made your living, or you no. did that separately? No, I never really wanted to put that much pressure on my artwork really. I never wanted to have to paint a painting for sale. Like, I hope this sells because I need to pay my rent and I need to, you know, make a painting that's going to sell, you know, and to support me. I I was never, I just never could do that. I never really even tried to do that, never focused on that. Um, So I had, oh, I had various other jobs. I worked in art supply stores and I, um, developed my administrative assistant skills and worked in several capacities as an administrative assistant, um, always having my artwork kind of uh, going along, you know, in the background, but not for profit, <laughs> mm-hmm. unfortunately, actually. <laughs> you didn't want to sell it or you didn't want to have the relationship where you had to sell That's it. That's more like it. Yeah. I was very happy to sell it, but I didn't want to have to depend upon my artwork uh, mm-hmm. as being my my only means of support. And, uh, and I did sell and uh, participated in some of the open studio events and I did sell some paintings um, that way. 
and you know sold to friends and I would swap and trade and do things like that and then there was a wonderful woman um, that had a gallery in downtown San Francisco that actually picked up picked me up and and took some of my work um, and she sold some paintings of mine um, and we had a good uh, a good a little profitable venture you know for a couple of years so that that was a lot of fun that was great that was serendipity that was just happened it just happened that she saw my work and she um she came to me so that was that was a lucky break yeah, yeah that's like the artist dream that they say mm -hmm. don't expect anymore right yeah, to be discovered right. to be discovered right right but you were uh-huh in a way yeah yeah in a way cool. uh-huh and Dixie and I have talked before, so I'm going to load the dice here a little bit. You can you tell about the origin of those paintings because you've told me about those. Oh yeah, before. the ones that the yeah got how that happened. Yes, um, and I do think that's a good question. That's great because I think that is those paintings were are really a part of a very central core of how I work, and. Um, at the time I had been, maybe I had had several months, maybe a year where I hadn't done very much work there. I, I had been busy with other things and, um, and I wanted to re-engage with my art and get back into the studio and, and get something happening. And I really didn't have a direction. I just, it was like, okay, it was that blank canvas kind of effect of, okay, what am I going to do? And um, so I started doing some really quick sketches in oil on paper, um, primed with, um, actually it was house paint. And, and I did a series of those and and then, and, and I showed them at an open studio and, uh, the theme of the show of those paintings, I called it starting from scratch. And mm. I was kind of felt like I was starting, restarting over from scratch. They were very quick. They were, um, for the most part, they were black and white. Um, and they just flowed. They, at, once I started, it was just, they just flowed out of me. They, it was just, um, I really was tapping into, uh, some kind of central creativity. And, um, and they, and they turned out to be beautiful. And at the time, I just, um, you know, I didn't intend that at all. It was just a little exercise to try to get going again. Um, and they, I think sometimes that is, um, that's where the creativity lies. Uh, not thinking, you know, overthinking, over planning, just letting it happen. Mm -hmm. And, and it did. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But on, in that situation, it did. Mm -hmm. And she saw something in those. Right. And other people mm -hmm. did too, obviously, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they were purchased. Mm -hmm. So that speaks to, you were speaking to, the flow and it sounds like you found an authentic voice at the time yeah yeah it was kind of a spontaneity that really i don't have often in my work uh I, that's not what i'm all about but it it's can start that way that's just a good it's a nice little start to have that spontaneity that flow and then see things into it 
you know, you might call it the happy accident and letting that happen, letting things happen, mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to control everything. And I, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To really be creative the mm -hmm. way you said. Mm -hmm. And so what happened with that relationship with that gallery? That was actually, then I moved here. It was a couple of years before I moved here. Mm -hmm. And that's how it ended. It was like I, I was, I moved, uh, you know, out of state. Uh, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what brought you here? And it was, um, I think it was the, uh, a confluence. Uh, you know, I had, I spent 25 years in the Bay Area. Um, I always knew in the back of my mind the whole time I was there, I loved it. I had a wonderful experience there. But I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to also have a rural experience. And I looked all around the Bay Area and area outside of the Bay Area, um, possibility of, of moving in, and living in a smaller town um, or living a little closer to nature, being able to have a garden. Um, and there was nothing affordable. And really California was kind of, they have the drought issues. Um, there, California has some problems. Um, and for me, it was just too expensive. That was another thing. It was just to, to really live well. Mm -hmm. So, um, my partner now, now husband and I, um, just started looking around and we looked at, it took us five years to decide on where to go. And we happened to come to Asheville, but we had heard a lot of good things about it. And we happened to come here and both of us kind of looked at each other and said, this is, this is pretty nice. You know, this is, this might be it. And it took a while for us to actually make the move. But, um, but yeah, it was a, a, on both of our parts, we wanted to be in a slower paced lifestyle and, mm -hmm. um, and one that's a little closer to nature. Mm-hmm. So was it actually Asheville or was it Marshall? It was Asheville. It was Asheville. Yeah. Yeah. And then Marshall, the, we came to Marshall really just because it was, we found a house that we liked on, on the location mm -hmm. and the wheels of fate just kind of brought us to Marshall. We didn't intend necessarily to, to move to Marshall. I see. Mm -hmm. And how has being here influenced your work? Well, I think it is greatly influenced. I think it is, it's huge. It's a big, huge influence. Um, and I think it's been a very positive influence. And, um, when I look back, I think I was kind of at the end of my rope visually with the Bay Area when I was there. I, I had kind of run up against kind of the end of the line in a way as far as inspiration and those works, you know, and, um, the relationship with the gallery and all. And, um, it was nice, but I, I, well, you know, you create your own reality. And so I was wanting in the back of my mind to find a more, um, uh, uh, sort of a slower pace and, 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 you know, be able to have a garden and all of that. And so I can't say which one came, you know, first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, getting here, uh, I just didn't, I had no idea how much it would influence my artwork. And I've, I am still, and I was initially, and I, and I've been here for over 10 years, and I'm still just totally blown away by the beauty 
of it. And um, the green in the summer and, and the, the beauty of the winter, all four seasons, which you don't really get in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I mean, it's a different beauty. It's beautiful there, too. I don't want to discount it. But, but here, it's just almost overwhelming how gorgeous the seasons are. And so I think that has been a very big influence. Mm -hmm. And I could describe your current work, but it might be better for me to have you describe how you work and yeah. what you, the kind of pieces you create now. Well, I think I'm, uh, there definitely, there's some that are very oriented toward landscapes. I, I think strong orientation toward landscape. Um, but some are just, uh, plant forms. And then some are kind of the combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And when I first got here, I was doing plein air and being real realistic, very realistic. Um, and, and I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and I felt like I needed to do that. It was almost like an educational process to learn the, it was just something I needed to do. My hands needed to learn how to draw those shapes and forms of the, the plants and the lay of the land and the light. And now I'm, and it's been a slow transformation or slow process, sl slow metamorphosis. I think I'm getting a little bit more, um, I'm, I might be stylizing that a little bit or abstracting that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And are you working from photo reference or imagination or some of both? How are you doing it now? Yeah, that's a good question too. And I'm not at all against using photographs. Um, and I'm certainly not against going out and painting in life. Um, and a lot of my work is influenced by that. I do both of those things. But when it comes right down to it, I'd say 90% or maybe even more of the process is a studio process. It's just, to the, I'm a studio artist. It's about me and the relationship to the canvas. And it can change drastically. And I could have that idea of painting from that photograph or those couple of two, three photographs that's kind of very informing me or that day I went out and did a couple of sketches and then I want to do something on the canvas. But once that ha once that starts, once that process begins, um, there's no telling quite <laughs> where I'm going to end up. So true. <laughs> when I, I've made many visits to Dixie's studio. And I need to get you to talk more about that. Well, I mean, that to me is the most exciting thing in the world. And that's what it's all about. It's like not knowing where it's going to end up and not, and the whole, the process. And I think it's an adventure. Every single canvas I do, no matter how small it is, is um, a wild ride. It's just an adventure and I lose it and I bring it back to life and it falls apart and I repaint and I get, turn it upside down. And it's just, um, to me, that's just not knowing really where it's going to go and not having a real set plan is the essence of what my work is about. And it kind of goes back to those those little sketches that I did, sort of the sc starting from scratch series of just like, 
doing these little spontaneous things. Well, I'm kind of taking that energy maybe now into a more developed and more mature phase. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm using color and mm-hmm. on and on. Mm-hmm. So I hope that's I hope that's what I'm doing. <laughs> the earlier paintings informed not necessarily what your paintings look like now, but they informed your process. process. Yeah. Well, well put. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Huh. So can you tell us what it's like for you when you start a painting? How does that mm-hmm. go and where does it go? Yeah, well, I can have all the ideas in the world, you know. I can have some big idea or some inspire, inspiration of whatever that might be. Um, and it will just change on a dime. And it's just like, boom. And I don't know what I'm going to really do until I start doing it. You know, there can be a, an inspiration or an idea. And that will quickly morph. Again and again and again. <laughs> and I've just kind of learned to go with that I, because otherwise, now I do try to stick, I try, <laughs> I try my best to, to stay on task and, and not get too carried away. And, and, you know, I try to, to paint something that will look like what I'm trying to paint, but um, but yeah, it's it's just a very fluid um, thing, and I have to have to let it go. I think a painting has a life of its own, and I have to honor that. So, what happens? You start something, you have all these intent, good intentions to mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. but. Something well, comes yeah, over you, something, or you see I something see in dir- the work. Yeah, I see something in the work, and exactly. And um, uh, I will have sort of like an idea. It's kind of like taking a walk, you know. And you have an idea. Well, you know, I have an hour to kill, and so I'm going to take this little stroll, you know, and walk around the block. But you know, you see, oh wow, you know, there's that. Li- there's a little pathway there that I never noticed that goes th- maybe through a couple of backyards, and um, and the way the light is hitting uh, on there, I didn't even realize that there's a little lake down. There's a little, <laughs> lake, there's a little <laughs> pond, and so there, there you go. And so all of a sudden, I'm well, I'm I'm down by the pond, you know, and then I. I it's like, it, and then it kind of goes on and on, and, and then the, it was morning, and now it's evening, and it's going to be a sunset on the pond, and how gorgeous is that? And then I turn around, and it's like, but the, what about the light on that building and the reflection off the window, and and then, oh, and the tree, and the, oh, and, the, and then all of a sudden, the walk around the block just turned into, you know, something entirely different and that's the way it is and so I find a path that might be more interesting than my original idea mm-hmm. um, and and then the next time I paint there can be another one you know and then it can be like that tunnel that leads to the sewer <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder what's the, what, what happened to my walk what happened <laughs> I wonder where that comes out. <laughs> Let's keep going. Keep going, you know. And then you could come out, you know. Maybe you're going to come out at the ocean. <laughs> Started as a sewer. Yeah. And then you're at the beach. 
<laughs> but let's make really clear, it's not like you're putting all these things into one painting. Oh, yes. Most definitely. Yes. It <laughs> is. Because it can be painting over and Yes. It, you know. You're yes. layering. But you're, you're layering. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then you can also unlayer and say, you know, I don't really like this beach scene. I want to go back to the neighborhood. You know, <laughs> I want to paint the puppy dog on the... <laughs> On the front porch. <laughs> Honest to goodness, it's about that wild of a trip. And how exciting, you know? Right. I just love it. Right. Well, for people who venture into your studio once in a while, it's very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, you can walk into Dixie's studio and look at a painting that you've never seen. That used to be yesterday's painting that you did see, and it is totally different. Mm -hmm. And how do you know when to stop? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's just when you get tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm exhausted. (laughs) But I I don't know. Um, It's it's more about... um, um, It's like... Like, say you're getting pretty close, you know, and it, it's pretty, this is pretty much it. This is where you want it to, you're, this painting is coming together the way you, you like it. And um, it's just that I'll look at it and there'll be something that I just can't live with. It's like I just can't, that's just not it. It's just not right. And it could be just a part of the painting. Well, then I'd go in and I want to make that right. And then, of course, the other part of the painting, then it becomes a problem. And then I have to go and fix that. And so, but it's still, it's this kind of, then it's a real tedious balance. And it gets really very um, serious at that point, you know, where I really don't want to lose it. Um, Pieces of it, you mean? Like the the whole thing. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty well past the point of trying to save that piece. Uh-huh. If that piece is going, it's just going to have to go. Uh-huh. But uh, And it could be a beautiful little working pee part, you know, but it's just not going to work out. It's just not going to happen. And so I'm going to have to paint over that. And I'm okay with that. But the whole thing, it's just there's a point where it gets very, very real, you know, and it's like, it's like you're going to lose it. You're going to really fail miserably all this time that you've worked on this painting for days or weeks or months or longer is going to just completely crash and burn and it's going to be bad and um there's a point in there and it can you can i can walk on that line then for some more days and weeks (laughs) just just scary you know like man i really don't want to screw this up it's too close and then sometimes i just have to leave it alone and sort of sit with it. Um, but I still know it's not ready. It's not there yet. I'm not happy with it. And then somehow I finally finish. I don't know. I finally am able to honestly and sincerely feel that it's there, that I, I've done it. It's as good as it can be or it's as close as it can be, and I'm happy with it. I don't know. It's a feeling. It's nothing conceptual. It's just a feeling. This feeling of complete. Of completion. Completion. Yeah. 
And it is maybe even an exhaustion. I've exhausted all the possibilities on this painting, and I'm going to have to settle for good enough. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that, and I just have to let it go. Um, but I, I, I can't. If I mean, if it's really bad, I'll paint over it. I keep painting on it. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like you have to have a certain amount of trust. In yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in what you're doing, in mm-hmm. the process. Um, and I wonder if that comes from experience with this method of working. Like, were you mm-hmm. always able to get to where you reached completion? Do you get to that was, place more yeah, now? I'm, it's much... Yeah, there's more confidence now that I'm going to get there. Because um, I've certainly wasted, you could say, but I, don't, I choose not to say that. I'm not going to say that. Uh, I have used a lot of art supplies and paint and time mm-hmm. um, and ended up definitely with that just didn't happen. It just didn't work, you know. And, um, and now I feel like I can, you know, I take it, that risk. I can paint over that and it's going to be okay. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of risk taking uh-huh. involved in this kind of painting, especially uh-huh. yeah, if you're is. painting over passages that were yeah. Yeah. dear to your heart at some point. Yeah, in the and I process. do think yeah, that's true. But I, I think that it's really, really crucial to be able to do that. I really, really do. Um, not to hold something precious and hold on to it. it it's not. It's just you have to let it go. That's really hard for artists, I think, mm-hmm. especially when you're used to a more planful method. Mm-hmm. Where you, you know, you make your thumbnail mm-hmm. and you choose your colors mm-hmm. and you might do a small one to mm-hmm. start and see how it looks. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. So can you say more about the risk-taking aspect? And sounds like that's maybe some advice you might get. Yeah, that would be advice, definitely. Uh huh. And I don't know how I came to this, but it is it is essential, I think, to the creative process. Um. Yeah, to be able to take big risks, to be able to push beyond, you know, good enough. Mm-hmm. Because also a problem I've always had is is the inner critic because that's you know you know that's the devil <laughs> that's your demon uh-huh. the inner critic that's constantly saying oh it just looks terrible oh you'll never be able to finish oh you'll just be you know it's just mud uh, and you're constantly battling that critic that's just telling you that you know you're wasting your time it's just awful it, look at so and so they finished 10 paintings and you're still working on this one and all that you know and you have to be able to shut the critic up and that's a huge problem (laughs) and a challenge and I constantly have to be diligent and work on that and uh, if I don't have the confidence that I can do it at least I I can try to um, quiet the critic a little bit just you know stop because then if you can then then you will just take that chance if you can shut that 
critic up and make you know like the the voice that says oh it's this is as good as you'll ever get you can never do any uh, better than that uh, and, you okay. know, you're wasting your time and look how many times you've painted over it already why don't you just stop <laughs> <laughs> give this one up, give this one up. <laughs> or the, i guess you could have the other side of the critic say you know it's beautiful where it is <laughs> stop there <laughs> why, are, why are you still painting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, there, there's a balance there. There's some kind of a balance that that is just part of the process that I I I do enjoy, and, and it does make it is crazy making. I, I think that probably you have to be half crazy to do this. <laughs> to and do if it the way you do it, yeah. And if you are not half crazy, you will be. <laughs> Seriously. Let me say, as Dixie's friend, Dixie is one of the most not crazy people <laughs> that there is, actually. Very centered, very balanced, and that's probably why you are able to do it. <laughs> but I know that feeling that it can make you feel like you're mm-hmm. in a very strange place mm-hmm. when you're doing it. Are there times that you take it beyond done? Do you ever go too far? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yes, definitely. But that's part of the process, and then you pull it back. That's part of that thing of, like, it falls apart, and then I have to resurrect it, and then, you know, it's like I go back and forth with that a lot. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling, too. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, if I had just left this alone 10 marks ago. Yeah, it it was right there. It was so close, and I just ruined it. But I try not to think in those terms. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to, but there are days, yeah. There are days. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do with the paintings? What do you mean? Like, are you trying to sell any of them? Or oh. you see, if you still have a painting around a year later, I'm just curious. Like, what are you doing with them? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not really uh, trying to sell them, uh-huh. um, although. I, that is something that I would like to do in the, in the future. That's something that I'd like to do in the near future is think more about that, uh-huh. about what do I want to do. I, and I, I, I think it is going to be like, it'd be really nice to sell. I'm, I'm how I'm getting more and more of these sitting around. <laughs> um, but in the recent past, I haven't had time to really do that right and to think about it and to market it or to really pursue that. And, um, I, I have not, be, I just haven't been able to give it, give, allow that, that sort of work. Um, that's a job in itself. Um, and it's just been more important to me to make the paintings and less important to sell them mm-hmm. or get them out in the world. It's more important to me to have time in the studio to to make them. But I'm getting to the point. I, I think I'm getting there, you Good know, to you. where I'm ready to put them out in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've really been in process. Yes. You've really been yes. with the process mm-hmm. for a long time and have developed your um, rural yeah. style. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you use various mediums. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that some? Well, um, yeah, and I right now I'm right in the middle of um, doing probably three different mediums, and I'm doing some oil painting. I'm doing some collages with uh, paper, mm-hmm. and I'm doing some drawings. Mm-hmm. And the drawings are 
kind of oil pastel on paper, but pencil, pencil, and uh, crayon oil pastel on paper. And, um, but I, I think, you know, my favorite medium is oil paint uh, on canvas. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me the most flexibility and the most uh, option. They're just, the options are endless. Mm-hmm. And what you can do with that. And, um, yeah. So you're primarily an oil painter. I think so. Mm-hmm. And when you use the other mediums you talked about, what is that about? Well, I really love drawing, and I always have loved drawing, and that is pretty essential. That's kind of how I think I think. How I think I think is <laughs> with drawings, and I'm always sketching and doodling. And then to to really pursue a drawing is um, it it's a it's real primary. And I I would I'm trying I'm trying to find more time for that. I, I can get sucked into the painting, um, but drawings are like doing your homework or doing um, scales maybe to, for a musician. Although it's a thing in itself too, you you, you don't it, I, drawing is a little bit more difficult. You don't have you know you can only erase so many times, mm-hmm. and um, so it's a little bit more fresh, um, maybe a little riskier or it's a little more risky drawing. Um, You're painting, saying painting, you can get away with a lot uh, that you can't get away with with drawing. Mm-hmm. You're saying. With the um, drawing, you have to stop sooner. Yeah, good. Is that yeah, what you're saying? that's true. That's very true. You can't go through all your different avenues and no, channels. No, you just can't push it that far. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. And um, you can push it pretty far, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can push oil pastels pretty yeah, far you if you have a razor blade in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. You can do a lot of scraping. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. And the collages are really something that's just, it's, that's kind of, um, it's kind of a crazy thing that I don't know. It's something to make me look at things differently. It just, it, it, it sort of shakes up my normal way of seeing. And, um, it's a, it's kind of a fresh way to think. It, it, there's a lot of thinking too that goes on. I can feel my brain working when I do a collage. There's a lot of thinking. Um, and it's different. It's a different kind of thinking than when I'm painting. And I find that just real interesting. It's working another part of my brain or something. Um, Well, that is interesting. Yeah. I can't explain it any better than that because I'm right in the middle of it. Uh But, um, yeah, my brain kind of does a different... I can just feel it working in a different way. There's a different part of my brain working on those collages than what I'm working on with a painting. Okay. And can you talk some about what the process of doing those was about? What do you mean? Oh, this comes from our earlier conversations because I know kind of what led you to start doing the collages. I'm not sure what, (laughs) 
what started it. I'm trying to prompt you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure oh. what the answer is. I thought it was to get back into the studio. Yeah, 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 it, it was, yeah. It's kind of another way of kind of upsetting the apple cart a little bit and just kind of an easy, easy way of, you know, um, doing something, getting something done. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a process as far as just get, getting re-engaged, to re-engage into the studio, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Kind of like those um, fresh start paintings were at one mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. You have, um, I don't know if I would call this a motto, something that I've heard you say a few times about how you paint. How oh, you yeah. start? <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, that's true. Um, I kind of have a motto that, it, and, and I tell myself this. And I think if I was ever uh, teaching somebody else, I would encourage them. It's like my my motto is like to make a mess and then clean it up, and uh, that's what I do constantly. So that's what I'm always kind of doing. Don't be afraid to lose the sort of you know the preciousness. And your work can often get very precious, and you'll have that little area that's so wonderful. And don't be afraid to mess it up and make a mess and then correct it or clean it up. Although, it, the more I do this, the more I'm thinking in terms of this is a whole nother level. The more I'm recently I've been thinking about that, only I'm thinking of just make the mess. <laughs> Don't worry about cleaning it up. Ah. And there's a process in that. Just just let go and uh, go on and, and make a mess. And you'll deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so we might be seeing some changes in your yeah, style yeah, maybe, coming. Maybe. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, it was fun. Me. Yeah, I thank really you. appreciate it. And We'll get some of your pieces on the blog so okay. everyone can see Great. what you're doing. Great. Thank, Thank you, you, Meredith. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Dixie. Head on over to the show notes at localhearted.com slash Dixie Damron for a link to Dixie's site and examples of her work. And while you're there, if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, please sign up for my mailing list. The sign-up box is found in the right sidebar, and if you are a local artist and want to let me know, please check the box that says I am a local artist. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Meredith Adler for the Local Hearted Podcast. And the podcast theme music, Learning to Fly, is courtesy of and copyrighted by Jamie Noter-Thomas. Thomas.